<laughs> How about a moron or a idiot? <laughs> These people are so far removed from reality, they don't even realize that amen has absolutely nothing to do with the gender. But that's what they are. You know, that's what the extreme left is, and it is just dumb. Uh, welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. A lot going on. Today is the 5th. So the Georgia elections are going on. They've been going on all day. They close at 7 o'clock. And uh, up to at least this point when I'm recording the podcast, both Republicans just slightly took the lead. But there is still a lot of votes out. And hopefully that'll hold throughout the night. And we'll see how that goes first thing in the morning tomorrow. Hopefully there won't be any shenanigans and we can get a clean election on this round. I know there's a lot more eyes on it, so I think they'd be a little more hesitant to cheat and it shouldn't be on the same scale that apparently they cheated during the presidential election. You know, I got to tell you, I'm nervous. I think everybody's nervous watching this. This is, you know, we always say it's the most important election in history. And I felt like the presidential election this time truly was because of what we're looking at. Um, And I feel that way even more now because the presidential election's contested. So we're not 100% sure where that's going to land. It looks like Joe Biden is going to be in at this point. But um, tomorrow's the 6th. They're going to present a lot of stuff tomorrow. Uh, There's rules that I am not a constitutionalist. There are a lot smarter people than me when it comes to that. You're getting conflicting stories on what can and can't be done. So I guess we're going to have to wait to see how it plays out. But as far as right now goes, if it holds, the Democrats have control of the White House, they have control of the House, and potentially, if we lose both seats, they will have control of the Senate, which means they have a supermajority, and that is going to be a disastrous situation for the United States. So hopefully, at a minimum, we can pull one of these two seats out in Georgia and hold on to them. Uh, I actually think Purdue's seat is a little bit more valuable than Kelly's seat because this is his normal time um, for his election. So he would actually be elected for six years. Whereas Kelly, on the other hand, uh, because of the gentleman before her retiring and her being appointed to the position, uh, she'd have to fend off Warnock this round and she's up again in two years. So if Purdue does happen to win, at least that's a secure seat for the next six years, so that'll help at least a little bit. I know that we got some Republicans that are not real great in the Senate. It's not like we have a super majority or anything. Even if we won both seats, we have a very slim majority. You know, there's a few Republicans like Mitt Romney that tends to lean way left. I don't even know why he would consider himself a Republican, but I think we're still on rocky ground one way or the other. However... I also believe that not to upset their base so they don't get voted out, they will you know, be a little more reserved in what they're going to allow the Democrats to get away with. Uh, because if we hold that slim majority, we can gridlock and block some of it. But if we do not, and it's given over to the Democrats, I have a very strong suspicion that our First and Second Amendment are in severe jeopardy. I don't, as much as they've been attacking religion during this pandemic... I see that being big on the list. 
freedom of speech, they've already been silencing everybody on social media. And, uh, I mean, you, you, you're at a point now in America where if you disagree with a liberal on anything, uh, all they want to do is cancel you and shut you down. And they're definitely coming after the second amendment. That's not even a question. Uh, they, they want to take away our guns mainly because the only way to truly implement a socialist society is to disarm everybody. So that would be, you know, a big part of what they're going to try to do. Plus the new green deal starting a great reset. It's going to be a mess. Uh, and it's going to be a mess for at a minimum two years. I think after two years of that, the amount of damage that they would do would probably take two decades for us to climb back out of. Um, I do believe that if we had to go down that unfortunate route, I believe that come midterms, they would lose massive amounts of people in the House and in the Senate just because I think that even moderate Democrats, the ones that are still around, would look at that and libertarians uh, and just say to themselves, you know, we, we're not doing this no more. This is not what we want for America. This is not our vision for America. You know, these people are appealing to a very small base. They want you to believe that everybody in America wants socialism when it's not, it's not actually true. It's probably about 30%. You know, the numbers seem to go back and forth and they jump around a little bit, but you're right around that 30%. So, which then says that 70% of us aren't with that. So being the majority, uh, come midterms, I think that they would reject that ideology, seeing how damaging it's been to the country because watch the stock market. For example, if we lose both of those seats to the Democrats, you can guarantee the stock market's going down. Stock market likes dual control. Uh, they like gridlock. Why? Because there's not going to be any huge changes to what's going on. So they know that they can continue to make money when they see a supermajority like we're facing right now. Uh, the stock market's not going to like that because they know there's going to be serious fundamental changes and what they are proposing on the democratic side is going to not even a recession. It's going to put us into a depression. Uh, it's going to be bad. So Again, hopefully up to this point, we have a slight, and I do mean slight lead. Um, I think uh, last time I checked, they were 68% in throughout the whole state. Both candidates were not even up by a point. They were up by a little more than half a point. So there's a lot to come in. It depends on the county that's coming in, and uh, it's going to be an ugly night. So we'll see how it turns out in the morning. Um, switching gears a little bit. There was an article that came out of the Washington Post, and it was presented a couple times by a few different news outlets. There's a uh, bill waiting to be signed in D.C. that would allow your child to get vaccinated for COVID-19 without parental signature, without you knowing about it. Um, they would also make sure that after the child had the shot, the insurance company would not send the explanation of benefits to your house. If anybody who has private insurance knows that you get that bill and it kind of explains the, you know, breaks down what was paid for. And, uh, they would also send a letter directly to the school without telling the parent and encourage the child to not tell the parent. <laughs> I mean, Wow. Is that what we're doing? We're encouraging our children to lie to their parents. That's, you know, for morality purposes, that's great. And then the left thinks that my 11-year-old is smart enough to make a decision to have a chemical that's 
has not even been around but for a couple months. It hasn't even been around in even a year. And let them get that pumped into their body, have no idea of the type of reaction they're going to have to it, and they think that they're intelligent enough to make the decision, or not even intelligent because there's plenty of intelligent kids, but let's say they're mature enough to make that decision without you even knowing. And then the even worse is they're going to go behind your back and they're going to turn it into the school to prove that they've been vaccinated and they're going to have the insurance company not tell you about it either. I mean, what the hell are we doing here in society these days? How could anybody back that up? Republican, Democrat, liberal, libertarian, conservative, uh, Tea Party extremist, you think that's okay that they would do that? (laughs) I certainly don't. Um, It has not passed yet. It's sitting on the desk waiting to be signed. If it doesn't get signed by the end of January, then it becomes null and void. So hopefully it'll kind of bury itself right there and that will not pass because that is disastrous on so many levels. I don't even know where to begin with that. Uh, But if you're in D.C. and you did not know about that, be aware that that is up and coming. Look it up for yourself and then call your representatives, go up there, do some marches, do what you got to do because that's a dangerous situation. Another article that came out by NBC News, and I know that NBC is not the most reliable source. I just think the article is one of those articles that you don't need to be real reliable for it to actually be true. A new study suggests transgender women maintain an athletic advantage over their cisgender peers even after a year on hormone therapy. Wow. There is a just a gigantic surprise. Nobody saw that one coming at all. Not that... You know, generally men always have an advantage over women athletically just because our structures are so different. I don't know why we needed to do a study to figure that out. I know Tulsi Gabbard was going out of her way to try to pass a bill to fight against that to keep, you know, uh, transgender girls out of girl sports so that it's more fair for the girls. And I couldn't agree more with her. I don't think that if biologically you're male, Compete with the men. If not, don't compete. Or start your own league up where it's a total transgender league and it levels the playing field. I don't think it's fair for these young girls that they're going out there and you're having somebody that's only had hormone replacement therapy for however many, you know, a year or whatever amount of time and they're still dominant compared to you because genetically they are what they are. So not a real big surprise there. Also, um, I don't know. I'm all for you loving yourself. I'm all good with that. You know, if you're happy the way you are, God bless you. Wonderful. Most people are not. Most people think, man, I wish I had better hair or wish I was thinner. I wish I was more muscular or wish I had bigger lips or different eye colors. Everybody always has a gripe about themselves. But the Cosmopolitan magazine was putting out uh, magazine pictures of this is healthy. And they are pictures of women that are very large. Let's put it that way. I don't want I don't want to sit here and call anybody fat. I'm a large person myself and I don't want to try trying to offend anybody. However, the biggest problem that I see with this article is, you know, obesity has a direct link to heart disease. Okay? So, being a heavy person is not a good thing. And 
for them to be so irresponsible to come out and try to push this positivity that being obese is healthy, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sorry, it's, you know, we're, we're just going to call it what it is. It's not healthy. It's bad for you. And I know they're trying to normalize it. Like they try to normalize so many other things. However, most people that are like that don't want to be like that. You know, it's, it's hard to explain, but the way I look at it is like this. If you're a drug addict, you don't have to take drugs every day. Okay. You can be a drug addict clean yourself up and you can live without taking that drug alcohol. Same thing. You can live without drinking alcohol. If you're an alcoholic and you get off of it, you don't have to have it to survive. However, there are people that literally are food addicts in the same way. That's basically their drug of choice. The unfortunate side to that is you actually have to eat to survive. So then it's really a mental fight every day that, you got to make smart choices and you got to be self-aware and not overindulge and try to eat the good things for you instead of eating all the bad processed stuff. So you're fighting that battle every single day. Now, like anything else, if you get on a diet, you're working hard and you get used to a lifestyle and a way of eating, obviously it gets easier and easier, but in the beginning, it's a hard transition. You know, I, I do feel for a lot of people like that. Like I said, I'm a bigger guy myself. I don't know what classification I'm in, if they would consider me obese or not. To me, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I do know that even myself, I'm the kind of person, you got to be aware of what you're eating. I don't particularly like fast food anyways. You know, fast food all tastes like mush when you eat it. It doesn't even taste like real food. But yeah, hey man, some people love fast food. You know, some people, there's nothing better than they love than to go in the morning and get a couple of egg McMuffins and they're the happiest person you ever seen in the world. So everybody's their own individual, but it is irresponsible to push something that does such damage to your body and is heart disease is the leading killer in the United States. And you're going to try to promote it and make it okay. You know, it almost seems like Bill Gates and like the rest of them. What is it? Is this a population control deal? You're trying to make people sick. You're trying to get rid of people because if that's it, I mean, the gigs up. Everybody knows, you know, it's, it's not good to be too overweight. I think everybody's got a little chub. I mean, Nobody wants to be a stick figure either, you know, I would imagine. And of course, another big thing that came out this week was the whole Trump phone call um, leak that, you know, first off, Georgia, with all the problems Georgia has, the last thing you guys need to be doing is without the president's consent, you guys are recording a phone call. That's already the first problem with this whole scenario. Second of all, you guys are trying to be real savvy and out of a 62 minute phone call, you're only given what a 20 or 30 second snippet just to make it sound as bad as you could possibly make it sound. And to me, it didn't even sound that bad. You know, even if you want to take it out of context, I can assure you if it was me, that conversation would have sounded a whole lot different. Okay. I thought the president did pretty well, be honest with you. Uh, if you, if I felt that you did that injustice to me directly, okay, there would be a lot more cursing on that phone call, uh, name calling and threatening and, uh, trying to work it out my way because I would not be happy. He was much better reserved than I could ever hope to be. So to me, I thought the phone call was fine. I didn't see any problem with it. And then if you go even further into it and you start actually reading the transcript, I think it looks worse on them, you know, in the transcript, they couldn't answer any questions. They seem like they're idiots. 
Like they don't know what they're doing in their state. They don't know anything going on in their state. They don't know anything about voting. You know, you might as well just say, well, what the hell were you guys doing when everybody was voting? Were you out fishing? Weren't paying attention to nothing? I mean, did you guys participate in the process, setting everything up at all? Did you have a game plan for everything? It seems like you guys are a bunch of knuckleheads running around and you don't know nothing about nothing. So I honestly believe that news was trying to make that a lot bigger than it really is. And then you had, of course, uh, the queen idiot, AOC, calling for, you know, impeachment with that. And funny thing, you're calling for impeachment of a guy who's supposedly only going to be in the White House for another two or three weeks. Okay, you couldn't even put that hearing together that fast. So why are you calling for impeachment unless you're scared that there is a possibility that tomorrow they actually do do something that's going to change the outcome of this election? Now, you did see that Wisconsin came out, or maybe you didn't, and if you didn't, then I'll enlighten you on it a little bit. Wisconsin came out, and their legislators said they want to decertify their votes and give it to Trump with what they found. Pennsylvania, their legislators came out signing a document asking not to certify Pennsylvania until after the Supreme Court hearing that's coming up. Then you have Mike Pence, who potentially... Like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm not a scholar on this by any means, but there seems to be a potential that if the way this works, and I understand it correctly, if you have all the objections, uh, they're going to go to debate. After the debate, it comes back. It does seem by Section 12A that Mike Pence does have the power to kick it back to the legislators or throw the votes out completely of those states that are so contested. And now, I, again, I am not a scholar on the situation, but I've been trying to do as much research as I can, and that's the way it reads to me, at least. I've heard a few other people speak on it, but like I said, there's differences of opinion. Some say he can, some say he can't. Some say it's just a formality. So until tomorrow, I don't personally know. I'm sitting back watching just like everybody else. But it does read that way that potentially... He has the ability to either kick it back to the legislator and tell him, hey, make a decision. And then we, you know, we award uh, the electoral votes to that candidate or he kicks them out completely and says that because there's too much, you know, fraud going on there. We're not counting these. And then nobody makes it to 270, in which case he gets kicked back to the house. And once it goes down to the house, then they start taking votes on the house. So I'm going to be watching closely starting tomorrow at one o'clock to see how that all plays out. Cause I am very interested just like everybody else. I, you know, I want Trump in the white house to save America. Um, am I going to get my wish? I don't know. I'm still hopeful. I've been hoping the whole time. I haven't given up on him the entire time. So why would I give up on him today? And tomorrow's supposedly the big day. Another one, because I have to say something about COVID in every podcast, because it's just such a sham. Um, Daniel Horowitz uh, posted from the blaze that with no lockdowns or mask mandates in the majority of Florida, Florida has roughly the same hospitalization level as the 2018 flu season. Gee, I wonder why. And you see that all the liberal media outlets are hating on Ron DeSantis right now. They absolutely hate him. They hate that he's running the state as good as he is. Now, I'm in a county that does have a mask mandate, and I personally hate it. Um, I try to go everywhere without my mask. I get kicked out of some places, but for the most part, it's not as bad as you would think it is. 
but then again, I'm not a believer like other people. I don't believe it is what they say it is. I think Ron DeSantis this year is going to shine. I think there's going to be a lot of governors that are going to look at him as the example and hopefully do the same in their states because it's ridiculous. Lockdowns do not work. Masks, no matter what the CDC and all them keep telling everybody, it is obvious they don't work. There is so much information that contradicts itself about masks. They obviously don't work. Now, if you want to wear one, by all means, I'm the kind of person that believes 100% in freedom. If you want to wear it and that makes you feel better, wear your mask. You don't want to wear it, don't wear your mask. You want to take a vaccine, take your vaccine. You don't want to take it, don't take it. I'm not taking it. You know, many people want to. People are lining up to take it. That's your choice, but that should be your choice. That should be all of our choices. We shouldn't have governors making choices for us. That takes away the whole idea of freedom. Once people are telling you what to do and forcing you to do things you don't want to do, we have totally lost control of our freedom, and it's getting close right now. So all the whole COVID thing, continue to push back, continue to fight back, because if not, that once they get that power, they're not going to relinquish it. Once they have you under their boot, you're not getting out. So fight for your freedom. Believe me, it's worth fighting for. For hundreds of years in the United States, men and women have fought and died for that freedom. The least you can do is say, hey, you know what? I'm done. I know this mask don't work. I'm going to the store without it. And I really don't care who's going to come yelling and screaming with their little phone and want to you know, film you. Make it a good film. Put it this way, someone's filming you during a whole thing and they're trying to shame you with the mask thing, make it fun because you know it's going viral. So you might as well make it fun. Do something totally crazy in it. Make it fun. Get yourself famous because that would be the best way to, you know, combat it. Anyways, I hope you like what you're listening to. It'll be back Friday. Friday, I'm sure, is going to be a great one. Uh, By then, we should hopefully have the results of Georgia. I'm hoping that we're not having that same issue. And if we have those results in, I'm definitely going to be reporting those and talking about those. I'll be talking about what happens tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, with the March and Trump and uh, whatever other stupid stuff pops up between now and then. I'll try to throw as much in as I can. If you like what you're hearing, please tell some people about me. Uh, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, at least for the time being, at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. Uh, I'm also at Gmail. If you'd like to contact me, L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N at gmail.com. Uh, parlor Joe Little. God bless. Have a good night. Hey.